Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganesi here as always with Nima Tavale. So just two rounds to go in the Serie A season. Now Napoli of course are already champions but they face something of an exodus this summer with coach Luciano Spalletti and stars Victor Ossiman, Kim Min-jae potentially leaving. We'll look at what is likely to happen and also review their, their weekend win over Inter. Inter's eight-match win streak ends, but they do have the Coppa Italia final on Wednesday. We'll preview that final against Fiorentina. Milan got back to winning ways, but they are only going to get back in the top four because Juventus are getting another points penalty. We'll have an update on Juventus's legal cases and, and also debate Max Allegri's future after Juventus were knocked out of the Europa League on Thursday, uh, Lazio have uh, have all but booked a, a top four place now. We'll look at the relegation race and much, much more as well. Um, for all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the, the Italian Football Podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions sent in from our Patreons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just two ninety nine a month, plus VAT. For all of you that are listening on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, we'd really greatly appreciate a five-star rating and give us a follow or a subscribe, and that really helps us to grow. Same goes to those of, those of you who, um, who follow us on, on YouTube as well. Okay, Nima, let's start off with Napoli versus Inter. So, Napoli, champions already. Uh, Inter on an eight-match winning streak. It was billed as uh, the champions of Italy versus the the Champions League finalists. Um, And it was Napoli who came out on top. Um, They win 2-1 in what was a very, very exciting, let's say, last quarter um, to this game. Um, from Napoli's point of view, um, Nima, I mean, I guess there's nowhere else to look first, but the winner from Di Lorenzo, which was an absolute worldie, wasn't it? Oh, one of the goals of the season. Um, one of the, you know, with his weaker left foot as well. And I remember our good friend Patrick Kendrick referring to him as uh, the Cafu from Tuscany, a little bit tongue in cheek, but, you know, I think he might be onto something really there. Because look at the goals he's scoring and look at his overall play. I mean, what a fantastic player. What a character to have. I mean, he, his attitude, his leadership qualities, who wouldn't want to have him in their team? Um, not just because of his performances, but also everything he does. I mean, he's one of the players who charges Napoli on. He's the one who steps up, takes responsibility. No, he, he really is turning into uh, an iconic character at Napoli. Um, one who they will rally around and one that, who they will remember for forever. Uh, or I'm sure they will, but I think he's, he's reaching kind of levels that has, has in the past maybe been reserved for the absolute greatest at Napoli um, by, via his incredible leadership. And that goal is simple. There's not a goalkeeper in the world that saves that. Um, it's, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, if you look at it, he places it into the left, into the top corner. With his weaker left foot, it's it's truly, truly a fantastic goal. And I think overall, for me, he was one of Napoli's best players, if not the best player. I thought him and Anguissa were the two best players that Napoli had on the day. 
Yeah, Nanguiso was a monster in this game. He was back to his best, um, for sure. Uh, he has had a bit of a dip in 2023. He hasn't been the same as he was in no. the first half of the season, but he mm. was he was back to his best. And, and, and he scored a great goal as well, actually. The turn was um, not something yeah. you expect from a player yeah. of, of his size to, 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 to swivel and turn like that and get the power in the shot um, as well. But um, but yeah, I think it, it's it. This kind of completes the season for Napoli because they into the only team in Serie A they hadn't beaten in this season. They've beaten all nineteen teams, which actually is a lot harder than than it than it seems. It doesn't happen that often that you know that you win the championship and then win beat every single team in the in the division. So um, that that you know that was that was great as well um, from. I should also just 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 uh, clarify that uh, that Napoli won this game three one and not and not two one. Uh, I just saw that the Di Lorenzo goal was just worthy of being a winner. Um, but uh, Gaetano did score a third goal in injury time, of course, and his first goal for the club. He was in tears, and he's been at the club since eleven uh, years old, uh, and and he's been at Cremonese in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, hasn't played that much this season, but um, that was really nice. That was a really nice. It was really well. beautiful to see. I mean, he's a local lad. Who has is part of a team? Is part of the you know has grew up in Naples, born in Naples, came up through the youth ranks at Napoli. Is part of the squad that wins Napoli's third scudetto, the first in thirty three years, and he gets to score his first goal against Inter at home. I mean, that's that's what football is, isn't it? I mean, that's what yeah. that's the be- that's what football is all about. Uh, you know, anyone who's ever played football, that's your dream when you're a kid, uh, isn't it? To yeah. to do that. Um, and it was, I thought it was really, really beautiful to see and his tears as well as reaction as well. And his friends and family and, and, and everyone, like, it was, it was really, really nice. It was, it was a beautiful thing for, yeah. for Italian, for, for football and, and, and that, to do it at home at the, at the Stadio Armando Maradona that was packed and buzzing. No, it was, mm. um, it, it was, it was nice to see. I think it that's was, what, you know, it was beautiful. It was, before we talk about Inter, uh, let's talk about Napoli moving forward now because, this win was great, but there is a lot going off the pitch right now at Napoli. Uh, and it's, it is a shame, to be honest, because this has been such a historic season um, that it feels like what is going on with Spalletti and De Laurentiis is, is, is at the moment anyway, is spoiling things. Uh, and, you know, when the, 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 the story started emerging over Spalletti leaving... Uh, and and you know I thought at first I I didn't really believe in it that much to, to be honest I thought that this was just your classic Spalletti wanting a pay rise De Laurentiis playing hardball uh, you know stories getting put out in the press from both sides in order or from Spalletti's side certainly through his agent and everything you know trying to put pressure on on De Laurentiis to give him a a, a pay rise. And yes, maybe there was a little bit something in there in terms of, you know, feeling a little bit disrespectful that, you know, his contract was expended, extended by a year via an automated email. He, and um, there wasn't any congratulations, apparently, from De Laurentiis to winning the Scudetto. He felt like, you know, this is a great achievement that it hadn't been recognised. Um, I thought at first that, yeah, there was probably a bit of that, but I thought it was more down to, you know, this is just negotiation, basic, but negotiations, basically. But now the more the more the more that's coming out, and then re- seeing what Spalletti said last night, he was almost almost saying goodbye last night, and and now I'm thinking, well, actually, maybe there is something more to this now. Yes, um, there is more to this. It's obvious that there is more to this, and De Laurentiis 
has got, I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast and anyone who's followed me through the years about De La Rentis, I've always said that I think that people in Naples or fans that criticize him are a little bit too harsh because I think what he's done with Napoli is given them balance and stability, financial one, and, and, and been able to win trophies, which is something they've never had in their history. Never. Um, but I wonder if he's starting to show signs of megalomania here because he is on the verge of losing his sporting director and his championship winning coach here through him being this kind of, you know, pushy, not so diplomatic guy who extends Luciano, you know, activates the option in Luciano Spalletti's contract without informing Luciano Spalletti, which has really ticked him off. And he wants, a, he thinks he deserves a, a, a salary increase, um, Spalletti. Um, and, you know, we know how De Laurentiis is with money. He is, he runs a tight ship. And, you know, I think he has to. Otherwise, Napoli would never be in the position they are. But you have to be a little bit more diplomatic. The season's not even over. And it's starting to look like, you know, like, like it's imploding, the entire project. And he needs to be careful here because if it implodes, he might, he is bitten off more than he can chew because that, that incredible joy, that happiness, all of that positive energy in Naples towards him for what they've done can easily and quickly swing the whole 180 degrees round the pendulum and become completely toxic. Um, and that is not a situation that he will survive uh, in Naples. I, you know, they will chase him out of town. They will run him out of town um, because he's he's messing with balances here that are far greater than what he can control. Unless, of course, unless he already has a backup plan in place and is just waiting for the season to end before he unveils it. There, yeah. and that can also be yeah. be a possibility here. Yeah, I'm not sure because, I mean, if there's one thing about Spalletti is he is quite proactive. He is a very proactive person. So he is somebody to that, that you know, decides to, to make the change before it's obvious to everyone else. And, no, I'm talking know, about wonder, from De Laurentiis' perspective. Yeah, that's like what I'm he, talking about. I'm talking about from yeah. De Laurentiis' perspective. I'm wondering whether De Laurentiis has is, is, is already made the decision. I'm going to get rid of Spalletti so. and I'm going to, I've already got a coach lined up who I think is going to be I, better, is younger. Yeah. Is, is going to yeah. freshen things up. Um, that's what I'm thinking uh, as know, well. That's what I wonder. And maybe that's we'll what be, I'm thinking. Maybe we'll be here in six months' time saying, you know what, he's made the right decision again. Because we were yeah, questioning... Well, exactly. exactly. Most people... I know you, you're probably one of the few ones that didn't, but most people were questioning his decisions last summer. Uh, no, well. I thought they were brilliant last summer. I thought they were absolutely spot on. Every single one to get rid of Koulibaly, Insigne, Mertens, Ruiz was, was, was genius. And to get paid as much as he did, financing his entire summer market, maybe even turning a little bit of a profit. Well, yeah, but really the, the, the number of people that he got rid of at once, and that's where Napoli stand now. You know, they could lose their coach, they could lose their sporting director, Juntili, who's built this whole project. Hmm. You know, everything. But I wonder, I mean, that's something we'll talk about in the Juventus section. We're hearing things about how Juntili is not, is that seems less likely now of him going to Juve. Well, it's I mean, because that's... it's because De Laurentiis is holding on, is, is holding on to him. Juntoli yeah. and Juventus, I know, I've spoken to people, that is agreed. He's, he's already agreed a contract with Juventus. It's all done. It's all done from the Juventus and Juntoli side. All done. The, the salary, everything, it's all done. Juntoli wants to join Juventus. Everything's sorted from that end. The only thing that's holding it up is Juntoli agreeing um, 
to to with De Laurentiis about leaving. He's got still got a year left on his contract, and De Laurentiis uh, is you know he wants if if Juntili is going to leave, he wants um, compensation from from well from Juventus, or, or, you know, and um, so that's the that's 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 the issue with Juntili. But you know, then you've got the players as well. You've got Ossiman and Kim. Um, I mean, I think it's it's. If the money is paid up, I think it's inevitable Ossiman leaves and Kim will Napoli have no power over that because he's got a release clause and and, and it seems like you know there's Premier League teams that will pay that release clause um, in the first two weeks of, of of July. So, you know, I mean again it's it's a lot it goes back to what I've said, you know, last summer was was genius. It was incredible. It it, it paid off. But you can't do that year after year after year and it's not sustainable it might work mm. one year it worked last year it was a perfect storm they got rid of aging players who were past their best or, or getting past their best and everyone that they brought in it it just worked you know that doesn't happen all the time sometimes it doesn't no work. there is a risk involved there's no doubt that there's risk involved but i i get the feeling that talent de la rentis it does have something lined up and as for juntoli you know Look, Sky were talking about that it seems much less likely that Juventus, that, that Juntoli goes to Juventus now. Um, and that they were talking about the in-house solution at Juventus. Um, they, I didn't really, they didn't really say anything, so I don't want to interpret or read too much into it. But I couldn't tell if that was from Juventus' side or from De Laurenti's side or both. They were very coy on that, at least from what I saw when I was watching Caressa and these guys talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, 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 you know, that, that depends entirely on what, you know, kind of, you know, Juventus are also in turmoil. So we'll have to wait and see. But to me, it suggests if I were to, I understand Spalletti, he, he's, he's turning 65 soon. You know, he, he has one big contract left in him, one or two, and he wants to make the right choice. Where does he probably, go, Spalletti, if he leaves, you think? Tottenham? No, God, I would never wish that on him. But do you think um, he will go there, though? Oh, I hope not. I think that would be a mistake. I think Spalletti going to Tottenham would be a mistake. Um, I think there are other teams in, in England that I would rather see him in. Um, but if there is an offer, sure. Well, I mean, they need a sporting director as well. I mean, Spalletti is at the stage in his career where he wants to, you know, he needs to see uh, what the sporting project is. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, I think Milan will make it in, into the top four, you know, but in the end, but when everything's said and done after Juventus penalties uh, handed out, but I think they'll still manage to do that. But I would, I would, I think go him, him at Milan would be fantastic. I think he would be able to develop Milan in a way, and it would be such a revenge on Inter as well, wouldn't it? If he were to go there and and do something important <laughs> there, so. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. think Milan is Napoli. Is Napoli is definitely one to watch. That, that, that's for sure. I'm sure that there'll be more, plenty more opportunities to discuss. But I mean, from Inter, I'm thinking De Zerbi. I'm thinking De Zerbi could go to, to Napoli. I can't shake off that feeling more and more that, given how everything looks and given how his wage, the wage. De Zerbi's been quite clear that he wants to stay in the Premier League. But mm. you know, I, I think there are a lot. There are options there. There's Italiano. There's De Zerbi. There's Nagelsmann. That's even yeah. been mentioned. Uh, I'd like to see Nagelsmann and De Laurentiis, uh, two, <laughs> two egos there, fighting it out. <laughs> that would be fun. Well, there's uh, been talk of Conte as well, which I find really, really There's even been light. talk of Klopp as well, yeah, which, Klopp which as I well, don't yeah. think is possible because his salary is too big. But, yeah. you know, but it's, Conte, it's... Conte would be fascinating because not because those two will never agree. That That is just a ticking time bomb from day one. 
but it would be fascinating to see what Conte could do with this squad. Um, I also think his salary demands are too high as well. But probably, again, we've discussed probably. this about Conte and how yeah. if he wants to come back to Italy, he has to. No, he has, has to. Take, I mean, has regardless to take massive, of where he, he goes, massive, yeah, but he needs to take a massive PA decrease. Well, that's what I mean. Regardless half, of where he goes, half, even more than half, is his pay. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, he has to. You know, De Laurentiis doesn't break his mm. wage budget. Well, talking anyway. about a former Conte team, Inter. Um, I mean, from their point of view, I mean, this game is pretty easy to analyze from Inter's point of view that they played almost their entire backup team because the Coppa Italia final was coming up. The Gallardini red card obviously, you know, made things even more difficult for for um, for, for, for Inter in this game. And they, I mean, they were the they were the second best team in this game. They almost you know got away with a draw with Lukaku continuing his fantastic form. But but ultimately, I guess this was everything that was to be expected, really. And it, it's not really going to harm into that much. But it was, um, if anything, there's one positive I would bring out of this game. I think it was a useful test for Inter in that this is the kind of game they're going to have. Exactly. Against uh, Liverpool, against Manchester City. Agreed. Um, in the final. So That's exactly it. In Simona was able to rotate seven, eight players, played his B team, and it was the kind of game that they are going to have to go through. They're going to have to learn to suffer. Uh, like we said on Thursday, and in against Man City, defensively they're going to have to work hard without the ball, and he did so with the second string players, um, and they got one one, uh, and they you know had it not been for that fantastic, wonderful goal, piece of brilliant skill by Di Lorenzo, this game ends one one, and Inter snatch a point, um, which suggests to me that they are looking like a. You know they're looking like that. They're, they're looking more cohesive, more united, more together than ever before uh, under Simone Inzaghi, and that's that's a really good place to be. Um, and at the end of the day, you know Inter. This was not a must-win game for Inter. They could even afford to lose. And now they've got Vincen- they've got Vincenzo Italiano and Fiorentina in Rome on Wednesday night, and then they've got Atalanta on Saturday. Inexplicably on Saturday, both Fiorentina and Inter play on Saturday after playing the, uh, the Coppa Italia final on Wednesday, which is ludicrous. It made Marotta completely explode and blow his top um, mm. and talk about that, you know, you're risking the health of the players. And you can't disagree with that. They've been playing every three days since April 1st. That on the back of a very exhausting and long season anyway. So it's a it's, bit of a surprise. Serie A doing things that are not good for, for Serie A. I mean, I mean it's just, it's like, are you unhappy that you've got teams in Europe, in European finals? Like, is, 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 like, is, is, that, is that something you're upset about? Like, why don't you make life easier for your clubs that are all, you have a club in every single final of European, Europe's competitions. And instead of making life easier for them, giving them the best chance to win that competition, you're just doing the opposite. And, and it's just, it's astonishing to me. It really is. I, I, I just, my, the mind boggles. But, you know, like you said, this is Serie A. It is what it is. Um, but, no, look, it's, uh, I think from Inter's perspective, I'm not really fussed. Um, I, think- I thought, I thought as a dress rehearsal, I thought, uh, even though it was the backups, I thought Inter defended Napoli very, very comfortably Agreed. until the Anguissa goal. Exactly. Then after that, to be fair, regardless of the equaliser from Lukaku, I thought Napoli did create a lot of opportunities after that. They, I mean, I thought it was harsh, the goal they had disallowed. Uh, there was also another chance that Raspadori had when he overran it. And then obviously they did score the third goal at the end as well. I thought Napoli did create a lot of chances after the Anguisa goal, but up until the Anguisa goal, I thought Nap- I thought Inter defended really comfortably. Agreed, uh, agreed. And, and I thought that Napoli was kind of like the same criticisms that I've had of Napoli for yeah. the last 
couple of months and that they've just become too predictable. And, I, yeah. and the, my thinking of what I was going to say on this pod today was that, you know, doing, do Napoli even have to start thinking about, you know, re, you know, our team started to find out Napoli a little bit. Which uh, is why I think, do, which is, yeah. which I think ties together with what we were speaking about in the previous segment about mm. Spalletti leaving. And I think De Laurentiis knows this. And I think he sees this. He is very intelligent. He is very bombastic and he's very, you know, larger than life character and has very narcissistic traits, but he's also not stupid. And he's got his finger on the pulse and he's very proactive. So I think he sees that. I think he sees the limitations and he sees a team that is becoming a little bit too predictable and that I think it's he wants to... to, to, to for he them, wants to shake he believe, things up a little bit. He yeah. wants to shake things up a little bit. And I think the Italiano thing or De Zerbi, I strongly don't believe in Italiano. I think he wants someone with a bigger, with, with a little bit more ring to his name. Um, and, and, but I mean, it depends. I mean, if Italiano goes up and ends up winning the conference league, who knows what can happen, you know, then he's, then he's got a trophy. Absolutely. Absolutely. In his first ever season in in European football. And that's impressive. Well, let's talk about that then. We've given us a nice segue there. So the Coppa Italia final is on Wednesday. Yeah. Inter versus Fiorentina. Um, now both teams, both Inter and Fiorentina basically rested their teams at the weekend. So both teams will come into this game really fresh I mean I think it's a fascinating I think it's a fascinating final because it's you know we know what we're going to get from Fiorentina they are you know the most aggressive team in Serie A in terms of you know their pressing and their their, their defensive line and and um, and just the way that they you know they try to dominate the, the game um, with, you know with possession and everything but obviously we know because of that aggression they do leave themselves open um, there have been at times a season where They've actually improved a lot defensively, but then they also go through little periods. You know, we've seen it in the, the last two rounds in Europe where they've almost thrown away those ties with bad defending. So I think it is fascinating from, from that point of view. I, you know, we, we're going to probably see Inter, Fiorentina take it to Inter, but then Inter are going to be picking their moments when to attack. And I mean, I think it's a, I'm really looking forward to this final. I think it's going to be a really great game. I agree. I think so as well. Um, and I think that he. I think that we will see, and I think we'll see a, a very open game. I think Fiorentina, like if you remember the first encounter between Fiorentina and Inter, I think Inter won four three at the death with Mkhitaryan scoring the winner. I think that's the kind of crazy game we're going to see. Um, and yeah, Does Fiorentina I, I, force those kind of games. I think, like even yeah, they if do. you even if you say to yourself, right, we're going to try and keep it tight because we don't want to be too open because we know what Fiorentina can do. But they kind of they force you to, to play that game because they 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 go one on one and they and they overload and they you know what I mean they they, they force you into those kind of matches uh, and you kind of can't help it so that's why I think it will be a really good game but I mean how important is this final ahead of the other European final because because obviously both teams are in, Euro- in European they're in two finals and you know from, obviously from a psychological point of view it's important but. And you know, winning this final will give a huge boost to the other final. But I think there's a there's a real chance here that this could be an all or nothing in the sense that whoever loses this final really risks winning nothing this mm. season. Certainly from Inter's point of view, more so than 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 Fiorentina because I think they've got a better chance of beating West Ham than than Inter do Man City, of course. But um, you know, if you lose this final, you could you could end up winning nothing this season. I know Inter won the Super Copa, but in terms of no actual cup competition. No, that's true. That's true. Um, it could be. It could end up that way. Um, but I don't think it will. Um, especially for 
for Fiorentina. I really think Fiorentina have a big, big chance against David Moyes, West Ham. I really do. I give them a big chance there. It's going to be a clash of completely different ideologies. Um, I just hope that Fiorentina turn up to this game switched on and that Italiano understands that he's kind of auditioning for bigger and bigger, bigger and better things here. Um, if he turns up switched on defensively, I'm not saying change your identity. I'm saying realize that it's a European Cup final. It's the first since the 90s for Fiorentina. They have a chance to win their first European trophy since 1961. This is important for Fiorentina. Fiorentina are now the first team in history to have been in every single one, in the final of every single one of UEFA's competitions. They've been in the final of the European Cup Champions League. They've been in the final of the UEFA Cup Europa League, the Cup Winners' Cup, which they won in 61, and now also the Conference League. And I, I really, really hope Fiorentina can win that. As for the Coppa Italia, I think that Simone has shown that he knows he's got the team in a right place mentally, in a headspace. Um, his headspace, uh, like the play, the players are mentally switched on and they're in a good place. And they're all, they're all kind of accepted that there's going to be rotations and it's going to be, you know... Some games we defend deep and we we, we risk minimize. Other games we do we go for it. They they know how to play in different ways, and everyone's behind that. Everyone's rallying behind that. They're bought into the idea. Uh, I saw something today that made me really happy, and that is that he's going to play pretty much the same lineup as against Milan, except for Handanovic in goal, which we knew was going to happen <laughs> because that's his last game as captain, and and blah blah blah. So that he's hoping that Handanovic actually turns up for that game and doesn't cost into a title. Um, and of co- but more importantly, that I'm going to be able to see my dream midfield of Brozovic, Barella, Chalanoglu. That's what I'm going to see. I, I would have loved to have mm. seen Lukaku as well, but I think he's saving that for the fi- Champions League final. Mm. Lula. Well, I think he's shown his cards there because Lukaku played at the at the weekend. Yeah. Didn't he? No, no, I, no, no, for sure. So, so it's going to be you which know, is an interesting decision because actually nobody has scored more goals in in Serie A since April than than Lukaku. Yeah, I mean, he's on it's such crazy, great form. I mean, he's he's got eight goals and five assists in all competitions yeah. since the start of April. It's thirteen goal contribution, six goals and three assists in his last five Serie A games. I mean, Lukaku's finishing the season so, so strongly that yep, yeah, is, you, you really wonder is. whether he should start this game. But at the end of the day, I think Inzaghi's looking at the bigger picture and and he's, yeah, he wants to make sure everybody's always fit every game and sharp and in good condition. And, you know, it's worked in, the, in this in this recent, uh, you know, couple of months. So, you know, why why change that now? Um, but, um but yeah, I think the midfield battle was, is going to be interesting in this final. We know how well Inter's midfield is playing, but I think that that's definitely Fiorentina's strong point is their midfield. Um, we know about uh, Amrabat, um, but you know even off the bench they've got lots. They've got good options off the bench. Um, Fiorentina, you know, when you can bring on players like Castrovilli and you've got Mandragora and you know uh, Bonaventura is having a really really good year as well. I mean, it's it's. Um, there is a lot of quality there and there's lots of goals throughout the team in this Fiorentina team, which is also what I think is really, really good about them because they're not just relying on their attackers to score, which I think is really important because, you know, I, I think apart from Nico Gonzalez, I, I don't think, I still think that they, 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 they really need to upgrade there in attack, but they get goals from everywhere. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be. No, it's going to be game. a really good game. The, the, I love what they've done with the, the the Coppa Italia. I love that they have it. I wish they would kind of 
have it at the end of the season. But I do understand that this season, that this would be like the game to end the season kind of thing. But I do understand why they've pushed it because of the season looking like it is. I mean, we're already going to be in tenth on the ten, in the tenth of June, mm. wanting to play the Champions League final. It's a very long season, so I get what they do. But I do love that they have a one-off final. It's in Rome, State Olymp- Stadio Olimpico. Um, it's going to be packed to the rafters. Both sets of fans are going to fill both Cordova. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic spectacle. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, and good luck to both teams. I obviously hoping to win, but, you know, I, I just don't, I just hope that we see, we don't have any refereeing com- controversies. I want to, I, I, this is why I'm hoping for Doveri because he's, he keeps a consistent level. He allows physical football, physical, you know, challenge, he allows challenges. He, he, he keeps a high, consistent physical level. I hope the VAR is switched on. I hope everyone is switched <laughs> on. Like Mourinho always says, you know, I want, you know, his mentality when he was at Inter the last time. And all the cameras are working as well. Yeah, all the cameras are working. No no controversies. I want a good, you know, may the best team win. You know, that this is what we want. Um, We always, we don't want any mistakes. We don't want any controversy. We want the best team to win. Um, So, you know, good luck to both sets of fans. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just a quick one on the Europe, on Europe, because like you said, three teams, Italian teams in the, in the final, Inter versus Man City, the Champions League final, Roma versus Sevilla. In the in the conference in the Europa League final and Fiorentina versus West Ham in the Conference League final. If you had to rank in order, best chance to worst chance of the Italian team winning the final, what would you? How would you rank them? Best chance Roma, second best chance Fiorentina, worst chance Inter. Hmm. That's I'm agreed. I'm agreed as well. I, I agree because... with that. Roma, Mourinho doesn't lose finals. <laughs> just that's just not how he rolls. He he's going to turn up to that game. And Sevilla are a side that Allegri showed that you can hurt them if you play in a certain way. This is not the Sevilla of a few years ago. I do think they're a little bit weaker um, than they have been. Oh, I'll be honest. Are we going to talk about you? I don't rate Sevilla at all. Not no. at all. Do not rate them at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at all. Um, so yes, I think I think they've got a good job, but then you know, obviously Roma have a lot of problems with injuries, so that's going to be important. We need to hope that their injury situation improves a bit. That yeah. the players that are just returning from injury, like Chris Smalling and and Dybala, yes, that they get that they get back to fitness, full fitness. We can't have a like a Rafael Leal versus Inter or no, 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 no. versus Manchester. You know, is a big difference between and Dybala. The- Dybala, they need Dybala and Tammy. Oh, absolutely, yeah, that's why I said yeah, Dybala. Yeah, they need yeah. Dybala. He needs because he's been struggling. For yeah. ro- well over a month now. I think he's. I don't think we're going to see Dybala in the league until that game because <laughs> he needs to get some minutes in him. He needs to get some minutes in him as well. Yeah, you know, we, we, we can't just have him turn up for the match and, and then how long is he going to be able to play? If he, if he, uh, you know, you, you never know with Mourinho. Like he's, he's the yeah. witch doctor when he, in these situations. Like if there's any, if there's ever a coach I don't want to go up against in these situations, it is that man. He just he's he loves it. Doctor, he knows he, what Doctor it takes. Needles, as he calls it, yeah. doctor, doctor at Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just, you know, the way that he, you can just tell how much he loves and thrives in these situations. It's like he literally stands there with that grin on his face. He's loving every second of this. Um, and they were fantastic against defensively against Bayern Leverkusen. I mean, they were just absolutely it was, it, You predicted before the game it would be Brexit ball on... Oh, on, on steroids. On, on steroids with, with Bojo and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name, Nigel um, Farage ball. Like, <laughs> Nigel Farage and, the, and the, the other guy that, that yeah. didn't want to get married to any 
children, any wives, because he didn't want to pay. Um, <laughs> what's, his name? what's his name? Uh, the, who I think Mog. sounds and yeah, Mog. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who sounds Mog. like a Bond yeah. villain. Jacob yeah. Rees-Mogg, yeah. No, that, that's. The, I mean, he literally did. I mean, what was it? They didn't have a shot on goal. It was they had an XG of zero point zero three? Twenty percent. To be fair, though, like Leverkusen didn't create anything. Nothing. They had nothing. Literally they had nothing. nothing. Yeah, just um, a post from from. Um, from Diaby, which wasn't yeah. a clear, clear chance anyway. Now, um, Roma were really sound that game, and and Pellegrini was, and that this kid, Bove, what a story that's turning into um, at Roma. I mean, it's it's it's, it's so, so cool. It's uh, typical Roma, isn't it, to have this local kid kind of explode in a yeah. decisive I have situation. to call it, I predicted that. I watched him in pre-season two years ago now, and I, mm. and I said, I said nice back then, I said, um, I remember saying it on the pod, that, really? that, yeah, I said it on the pod at the time. Watch out for this guy, Bobby. I like the look nice of him. And this was two years ago, just playing in, in pre-season matches. Oh, and, nice um, one. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how good. I'm not saying he's going to become a No, no, but he's player, been, like, the, he's the, been the really way great. he and stepped even, up. And even played at right wing back as well. Yeah, no, he, yeah. the way he stepped up, the way he stepped up in this in the Europa League, scoring, you know, decisive goals. I mean, he scored the goal that took them to the final, essentially. Um, so oh, he did, it's, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's really cool to see. No, I, I hope Chris Smalling is back. I don't know what Jose Mourinho has done with Gianluca Mancini, but whatever it is, keep going. <laughs> because he has completely gotten... He, he's got Mancini in, in a mental balance. <laughs> like it's, mm. I've never seen him this composed and calm and controlled. And he's not doing stupid things. He's he's still going to be Mancini. But it's like he stays on the right side of the line and the, and the law and, and all that stuff. And it's... It's going, yeah, no, I, I'm really impressed. He's by got his meds this. right. He's got no, his he's got, I didn't want to say it, but you had to. Yes, he's got he's got the concentration of the meds right, Mourinho. Whatever he's got cooking in his medicine cabinet, he's got he's got the concentration of everything his right. His trailer. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got, he's, sort, he's sorted Mancini out mentally. Because Mancini, look, he's always, he's always known there was a player there. The problem has been that he's got no impulse control, but now he has, and he's acting like a leader. And with Chris Smalling next to him, they yeah. are so good defensively. And Ibanez as well, got to give credit to him. Look, in this game, he was he didn't do anything stupid. He was actually really, really good. What is going on with Nemo? He's praising Mancini. He's praising Ibanez. No, look, Ibanez, no, I'm just he's being... No, what, is, no, what is going on no, today? No, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm just... I've never criticised... Look, it's it's about being honest about what you see. And and when they do... when They, they have been doing great, and so they deserve praise. I mean, it doesn't change anything. It's not like I'm saying that Gianluca Mancini is the, you know, the next Paolo Maldini of Italian football. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Vincenzo Italiano is the new Arigosaki or anything crazy like that. I'm just giving them cred for what they're doing. I think they're doing really good. And, and Ibanez was very good against Leverkusen. He really, really was. He made mistakes, but everyone makes mistakes. But it wasn't the kind of Ibanez-level mistakes that we've seen that we have have us you know, hiding behind a pillow with cringe. Um, he actually has been really, really good. But no, I, I, I really rate Roma's chances against him. Yeah, and Fiorentina as well. Well done to them for turning that round against, against Basel, which you called as well. You did mm. call it. You said yeah. they would turn around. They're great and away from away home. from home so they much, are. Away so from much home, the better team. I mean, they were so much the better team. I would have. It would have just been a travesty. But we also have to talk about that. You know, I haven't seen any updates. So if anyone knows, uh, I've not seen what happened. That poor Fiorentina fan who needed medical assistance in the middle of mm-hmm. that, and the game was stopped. I, I really, I haven't seen anything. If that fan is okay now, uh, so if anyone knows anything, please let us know. I hope for him and his sake, uh, you know, his or her sake, uh, that they have recovered fully because no one should go to football. And not come back home. No, yeah, best wishes to them. I mean, 
I mean, I guess if there's one good thing about fo- about if it happens in a football match, you've got the, yeah. the meds, you've got the, the team. Yeah, they were there very quickly. The other they card, were yeah, progressed anywhere else and yeah. your chances, you're done for unless you've mm. got... Uh, unless no, you've no, got they, they were very quickly there. The, you know, you know, respect to first responders and, and me- medical responders who always, you know, keep everyone safe. You know, God bless mm. you all. Yeah. Okay, right. Milan, um, not too much to, to talk about in this game. They thrash Sampdoria 5-1 and, the, you know, they, they respond to the defeat uh, against Inter. First uh, first hat-trick for Milan for, for Giroud. So it's a welcome return for him because I think he only had four goals in 2023 uh, up until that game. So he's, uh, yeah, he's almost reached that number all in one game. Um, Brahim Diaz was, was, was really, really good. Uh, I have to single out, though, the Diaz goal, which was an amazing team move. Amazing. We were talking about patterns of play last week, about how uh, Pioli is almost another Allegri. A lot of fans have been saying that he's like Allegri, that they don't have any patterns of play anymore. And it's just um, uh, Rafael Liao and Inshallah. Well, <laughs> you know, this was, one of the, this was one of the team goals of the season. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's Sampdoria and positionally they're all over the place and everything. But have a look at the passes they put together for Brahim Diaz, the, the interchange, the third man runs, the pass, one touch, move. I mean, it was absolutely magnificent. I mean, what a goal. What a goal um, that was. So that was that was the highlight of the of the match. Um, that was for me absolutely. It was just it was art watching that goal. Um, and also we have to say Quagliarella, forty years old, scoring his first goal of the season, and for the eighteenth season in a row. Um, so that was that was absolutely fantastic as well. Um, but um, but yeah, for, I mean, from Milan's point of view, um, we're going to talk about Juventus in a bit. But I mean. They're going to be fine for for they should be fine for for top four. Um, we'll see how much Juventus get really. Uh, I mean, what the points penalty is, but I think it's more about Milan watching out for for Atalanta now and making sure that Atalanta don't don't overtake them um, or Roma if Roma managed to win their their last yeah. three games, which I don't see <laughs> happening because they can arrest everyone for the for the Europa League final. No, no, no. Mourinho's a Mourinho's a shark that has sensed blood in the water to win another European trophy. Yeah. There is nothing that will, you know, he's happy. He doesn't have to care about the league. And he knows that if he wins that trophy, he will have become, you know, he will have written history at Roma. Two years, two European trophies, Roma back in the Champions League, job done. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, know, you're trying to, you can't possibly try to distract him with, I don't know who they've got left, Monza, or what have they got left to play? They don't I mean, have the hardest run. They've got Fiorentina next weekend, but Fiorentina are going to play all their backups and so as well. Are Roma. So, and so are Roma. It's going to be so like a reserve game. It's, going to be a, it's essentially going to be a friendly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, no, no, no. Look, I do want to ask you one question about Milan, though. Brahim Diaz, because because there are negotiations going on at the moment, like what to do with him next season, because his, his loan runs out with, with Real Madrid. What do you think Milan should do here? They have an option, I know, to buy him. Um, he's been there for. Do for they have an option? I thought. Yeah. I thought. It's, I thought it's in Real Madrid's hands. My understanding is it's in Real Madrid's hands. No, from now. what I understand, when it was that they they had an option. I looked this up the other day, and it was a it was a first. If I'm not mistaken, it was a one year loan, then a two year loan with an option. Uh, and that loan. Expires. I think Real Madrid have a counter option, though. I'm pretty. Well, that's, sure. that might be true. I don't know about that. I didn't look into that. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure Real Madrid have have power here, but but I think that I mean realistically, there's, there's no place for him in this Real Madrid team. I come mean, where, on, what is he going to do? Where's Real he going to play? So unless Real Madrid buy, bring him back and think, right, we can sell him for more money than Milan 
can offer us. Mm. Um, you know, but then again, the two clubs have a really good relationship. Yeah. So I think a deal could, I think if Milan wanted him, I think a deal probably could be done. It's just whether yeah. they would pay the money that, that, that Real Madrid would ask for. But the question is, should Milan be spending whatever money it costs apart from, from their budget? We don't know what their budget's going to be. I mean, it hasn't been much under the new owners. What do you think? Do you think Milan should should be looking to buy him or do you think yes, he should be moving yes. on? Yes, yes. No, I think I think he has shown that he is good. He has he's 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 functionable in this Milan side. Whether or not is is as a starter or a rotation player, I think Milan should you know should have players that are at his level or higher because that's Milan. Um I don't think they should have players like Junior Messias or Alexis Salamakers in the squad. I think they should have, or, or Divoco Rigi, I think they should have better players. Um, but Brian Diaz has certainly shown that he is a serviceable player, that he works in this system, that he works at Milan. Uh, he seems very, very well adjusted and integrated into the squad. No, I, I think Milan should keep him. I really do. The problem is, though, how much money he will cost to, to you know, if they can agree on some deal there. But I, I hope he stays. I really do, because the the alternative is for Milan to go out on the market and find another player, young, cheap, and all that, and 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 risk another De Kettler situation. Yeah, that's, so yeah. I think the they know what really, they're gonna they know what they're gonna get from yeah, Raheem Diaz. Yeah, don't they? they are. They do, and and I think it's it might not be really, enough as a starting player or to take them to no, the next level, but, but they know what they're gonna get. But the, again, I think the key key thing here is how much is, is the is the is the cost. That's the key thing. I mean, if, I think if Madrid. If isn't it around to... 15, 20 million though? I've, I've seen some reports on that, that he will cost 20 million. Well, if it's the 15 to 20, 20 million, million, then I think that that's, that's decent. If, it, if we're talking 30 million, then, then you're thinking, hmm, you know? So the, 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 I think the money, I think the cost is, is, is what comes down to it. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. No, I, 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 hope, he, I hope Milan can find a way to keep him. And let's remember, Milan's Champions League run between, you know, prize money, bonuses... All that stuff, um, they they've made quite a bit, uh, and that's money that's allowed them to extend, of course, Rafael Leal's contract. Well, which, well, at least according to reports, is done, but we haven't. It's not been official yet, at least not when we're recording this. Um, but it looks like that's done, and I think they will look to keep Brian Diaz and then try to to strengthen those areas of the pitch where they need strengthening, um, and try to offload players that shouldn't be there. Mm. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean. I, I hope for Milan's sake that they can invest properly and, and strengthen the team this summer. I really, really hope so because look, the Serie A needs, a, yeah, <laughs> no, no, but the Serie A needs a strong Milan. Like we, you know, we, we need a strong Milan. We need a strong Inter. We need a strong Juve. We need a strong Roma, Lazio, Napoli. The Serie A has never been more exciting as a result of it. So I hope they all can 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 improve. And let's. I'm really looking forward to a really evenly balanced next season uh where you can't you know i hope we're i hope we're sitting here at the end of august uh, or at beginning of september after the mercato doing our Serie A predictions and finding it so incredibly difficult to say who's going to win the Serie A. yeah i think that's possible but yeah it will definitely from milan's point of view it will it it will depend on on what they do this summer okay um right so um one thing you really wanted to discuss um, is the, the, and this relates to Milan, is about the ultras and the curva um, that we've seen at various clubs in in recent weeks. We obviously saw it in Milan when 
uh, after the game that they lost to was it Spezia when they they went yes. over they went over to the um, to the to the Curva, um to, to the Milan section of Milan fans and uh, ultras and that what well, the head ultra gave a gave a speech to them and they basically stood there listened and nodded their heads um, to him um, but we've seen it in, in other issues we, we saw it last week where uh, Di Marco Federico Di Marco was celebrating Inter's win over Milan. And 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 um, with a, with a kind of an anti-Milan uh, song or banter, um, and and then he was forced to apologise because he got threats. Um, but you know we've seen it, we've seen it a lot in recent I games. Just, but. I just want to. This isn't about Milan's ultras. This is about ultras, period. All of them, as a as a phenomenon, as a force in society, who where they create these these where they have invented these parallel well essentially legal systems of what is acceptable and not acceptable you know parallel honor codex on what is okay and not okay um where they are the judge jury and executioner in every case and everyone just has to abide and we've seen this time week in week out all through all levels of Italian football, you know, whether it's Napoli, Napoli president Aurelio De Laurentiis in that bizarre photo next to these guys with neck tattoos before the before they won the Scudetto after the Champions League or before the Champions League's return leg, um, where, you know, we just, we covered it on the pod about how they were ended up in fistfights with other Napoli fans who wanted to support their team, which is their right to do so, um, because they were angry at whatever perceived, you know, uh, wrong that De Laurentiis had done to them. What happened to, to Joe Tacopina and Spal the other week, who almost ended up in a fist fight with them? He had a press conference where he publicly spoke about this, explaining the situation. Whether it's Inter's curva emptying the entire section of the stadium because one of their former leaders died as a result of being shot on the street. Uh, a man who was in and out of jail his entire life for kidnapping, drug trafficking, and other various assortments of crime and criminal activities. Um, whether it's Juventus, Curva being connected to organized crime and Andrea Agnelli doing his absolute best to throw these people out whether it's Claudio Lotito when he bought the club, um, telling these people that, no, the revenue from the from Lazio's shirts, official shirts, go to Lazio, <laughs> not to you. <laughs> um, and them absolutely hating him as a result of it. It's it's a complex issue. Yes, they 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 are they 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 produce fantastic choreographies or tifos. They produce fantastic atmosphere at the stadiums. But there is a sense of entitlement. There's a sense of where the clubs are, belongs to us, not you. And they are more fans and, as, and, and have more right to the club than any other fan ever. And they, let's be honest, they are not the most, generally speaking, they are not the most law-abiding citizens on earth. And I'm talking about the ultras groups now, the leaders of the ultras groups. I'm not talking people who go and cheer and sing songs. No, those are fans. I'm talking about the people who head these organizations. And just that that idea, 
organizations, do you think they are registered with some sort of authority and have democratic elections as to who's the president and that their finances are open? I mean, what are we talking? We're not talking, we're not, that's not who they are. Um, and they have their own honor codexes and they make their money in variously dodgy ways. There's been so much reporting done on this and who they are. And it disgusts me. It absolutely disgusts me when people who don't live in Italy, journalists, especially journalists or people in the media in Sweden, from Sweden to Australia to UK to the United States, who don't know that they are that these people are a scourge, they are criminal elements who parasite off of the very thing they love, and that they idolize them and faff and faff about them about how fantastic they are because they they wave flags and they sing songs and they do choreographies and don't even don't even bother to show the other side of it the criminal elements of it and don't understand that every person you meet well over 90% of people you meet of all social classes in Italy despise these people because they have to live with these people and everyone will tell you the same thing, no matter what their political belief is, no matter what social class they belong to. Every person you meet in Italy will tell you that they are fed up of this of these people who think that they own and they can do what, with whatever they want without impunity, with impunity, and no one can get near them. And it's disgusting and it's exhausting. And I think it's you know we're talking about essentially what could be. If, if this if this happened in the United States, the FBI would describe these people as domestic terrorists. That would be the, the accurate description legally in the UK and in and in Sweden as well, in other countries as well. So stop trying to romanticize these people. See them for what they are. This is not an organ this is the they are not run by democratic organizations. They have made themselves the leaders. They rule by brute force, and they are essentially the heads of them are criminals. Many yeah. of them, and they're not supporters either. This not this is not about supporting the team. It's simply about power and power control. and money. Power, power and power, money. Power, control, and money. That's yeah. what it's all about. Mm. And kudos to anyone and everyone who stands up to them. You yeah. know, more power. And if on there's you. one thing that we can praise Andrea and Yelly. For yeah, in recent years, that's what I mean. there's not there's not many things to praise him <laughs> no, about in recent really years. Uh, he's got pretty much everything wrong. But the one thing that he did get right was um, was you know trying to trying to stand up to these guys. Uh, yeah. and, and kudos to Agnelli, and kudos to Joe Tacopina. Who but look at the consequences. Look at the consequences that 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 Agnelli or, or Juventus had for that. They basically had a, it resulted in an empty Juve, you know, large sections of the of the of an empty Juve stadium for years. Um, I know in more recent times that's also been because of the, yeah. you know, the, because of other stuff and because of the football being terrible and, and all that stuff. But for, before that, before that happened, you know. But the was, reason, the problem is that they can't do anything about it because there is no will from the Italian government to prosecute them. You know, there is no will. Yeah. There is there is no political will to do anything about it, at least up until now. I think that's changing because they, for whatever reason, without going into the politics of it they're no longer of use to those in power who they once were. Um, and as such, this is also hindering Italian football to grow. Look, 
the thing that drives me the most crazy about this is when these this is being demonstrated and portrayed in West in, in, in non-Italian media as people power. This is anything but people and community mm. power. This is not that. This is brute force. Um, and people who parasite off of the thing they claim they love, and it's only about money and power. That's all it is. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, and it's a business. It's, it's a business yeah. for them. Because they think that they, they think that they own the the rights to um, to selling tickets, to selling yeah. merchandise, to 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 everything that's associated with that. Uh, and, and it's exhausting to see. I think it's an embarrassment to see Italian football in this state and the fact that the ultras once again made it about them. And I'm not taking sides between Inter or Milan's ultras because I think they're both as cringy. Um, and the whole thing is just embarrassing. Yeah. No, and they shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, look at the we look at the Napoli. <laughs> look at Napoli when they um, they sabotage their own Champions League campaign yeah. because it was because they don't them. care about the clubs. This is exactly. Them. Thank you yeah. for saying that. They don't care about the clubs. They care about themselves, no. preserving their own power. No, absolutely. Um, and that's why I went berserk about what happened because the Napoli yeah. ultras didn't care. They cared about uh, about Napoli, uh, about the team, and about the success of the club even if they had a valid point about the ticket prices and, and, every, and all the other uh, grievances that they had against De Laurentiis, uh, some of which are probably fair, you know, they wouldn't, they, would have done, they wouldn't have done it when they did it and how they'd done it because that was only going to damage the club. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was about them. And, um, yeah. But, yeah, we've been here before. We've discussed this before and I'm sure we'll discuss it again because this is Italy. Uh, also uh, also this is uh, Ciro Immobile uh, doing another of his um, well according to Udinese uh, a blatant dive uh, to win Lazio the game against Udinese what did you think of that incident? (laughs) Um, Catanaccio? Ciro Immobile's Catanaccio ah Joe Cole bless your heart Um, look it's uh, yeah he, he, he dived uh, I mean, there was contact, let's not, you know, but of course he made the most of that, didn't he? What do you reckon? Uh, I think if there was contact, I think the contact was initiated by, by Immobile. <laughs> I, mean, the, the, I mean, it's clear. I mean, um, the defender is Massina, isn't it? I mean, yeah. he, he, he's there, he stands up upright uh, and puts his hands in the air and Immobile moves towards him. Uh, and even then, like you said, the contact is very, very light. I mean, it's not... It's not a penalty. Uh, and no. I mean, the thing I, is, I think, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. If uh, having looked at it now again whilst we're recording this, the referee sees this from behind, right? And from behind, it looks like a penalty. There, and and he says there is he was tripped in the area. Now for VAR to overturn that, the videos have to show that there was no contact for it to be a clear and obvious error. Only the video doesn't show that, so it can't. They can't. You know. They can't. He. They can't call him back and say, you know, you have to look at this again, and so on and so forth. But surely, it, what contact is there? Is well, there it, is. Con- I mean, if the contact is initiated by Immobile. Well, that's the thing, you- though. You, you, that's the thing. I don't think it is, um, because you, if if you look at the video, like he takes the ball, he goes like he stands and he's trying to go past him, and what's his name? Is it Massino? Who stands still? Or yes, no, not Massino? Massino. Yeah, yeah. He stands still. And and Mobile is trying to go past him. It's a it's a. I think it's a dive. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that I think it's impossible for the referee to see that, and the VAR simply can't intervene in that situation. It's not allowed to intervene because what the referee saw 
is supported. It's his call. He's made it. He's made an instant call. The referee has seen this. He thinks it's a penalty. He, he, he's not mistaken in what he's seen, and so it doesn't fall within a clear and obvious error. Now, had there been absolutely no contact whatsoever, um, then then it becomes kind of more a more a reviewable by VAR situation. Uh, but I do agree that I, I look. This is this is this is a this is like you said. It's a, it's a Chiro Immobile's Catenaccio. <laughs> it's 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 one of those furbo that you see in Italian football and and VAR. This is why I like VAR and and I think we should empower VAR. I think we should because to me that's a clear dive um, and I don't think that that, that warrants a penalty. Uh, but the rules as they are written, you can't really complain. The, the the mistake is by the original, but is to give the penalty to begin with. Um, no doubt, yeah. but you know it's mm. it's you know Chiro is Chiro I mean, smart. Chiro's smart. He he does what Italian. Is, if you actually is. watch, I'm watching it again now. Yeah, he's actually too. he's actually initiated two contacts here. One with his left knee to the left knee first. He's he's moved his left knee into into Messina's left knee, and then after that, while he's down on the floor, he then kicks his <laughs> kicks uh, Messina's shin with with Remobile's left foot. So he's actually like done two initiated two bits of contact. Which is quite uh, quite funny, but uh, I mean overall, I mean, listen, we don't know how this this game would have gone if if this this penalty hadn't been given and scored. But I think overall, yeah, I mean, Lazio were the much better team and deserved to win. Certainly in the second half, they they were already dominating and they were really starting to put a lot of pressure on Udinese. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely definitely Udinese weren't happy. Um, what what is for certain is that Lazio. Lazio definitely now have top four uh, in the bag. Two games left. They are four points ahead of Milan. Um, and, and obviously, yeah, Juventus are going to get the points penalty, which which will make, uh, well, they won't be able to, to reach Lazio after that anyway. So it's all, all irrelevant. But um, yeah, Lazio, Lazio will be in the Champions League um, next season. So uh, as a season as a whole, they've, it's, definitely a great, it's definitely a great achievement for them. Um. Talking of Juventus, um, before we get on to the, the, the legal situation, um, it is going to be another trophyless season for, for Juve. The second season uh, in a row uh, under Allegri since he returned. It's the first time in 35 years that a Juventus manager goes two seasons in a row trophyless. So that's a that's another rec- negative record for Allegri in a in a spell of a negative record after negative record. Um, I mean, Juventus. Are, we're recording this before Juventus play uh, against Empoli, so this is kind of in response to the the Sevilla game. Um, now, I think for any Juventus fan, I think the defeat to Sevilla was was very frustrating because I think in terms of chances, Juventus created five clear chances up until and including the goal that they scored to go 1-0 up. And if you review the game as a whole, Sevilla didn't create a single like clear chance in the entire game. The chances that Sevilla had and the goals that they scored, they actually came from low percentage opportunities. The, you know, the Suzo goal was a shot from, from outside the area, which was just a rocket of a shot. The, the header that they scored from, that wasn't really a, a high percentage opportunity. It was a decent chance at most. Uh, and then when you know when the, the amazing saves that Chesney made, he made two miracle saves in, in the game. Chesney, they didn't cut. They come from low percentage opportunities. Uh, the only bit of the only time in the game really where Juventus were lucky um, was um, they should have conceded a penalty. It was a clear penalty against Quadrado. Um, so that's the only time in the game Juventus really were, were, were lucky. Um, 
But the problem, and this is what, you know, if we're talking specifically about this game, the problem that Juventus had in this game was the same problem we always have with Allegri. They go 1-0 up, and instead of taking control of the game, keeping the ball, pushing for a second goal, immediately the mentality and the attitude is to take a step back and just try and hold on to that 1-0. And it invites pressure, which which invites mistakes, like the one that Chiesa made. Chiesa was terrible when he came on, by the way. Um, and Sevilla... Sevilla turn, turns turns around the tie and, and, and Juventus missed the, you know, if we're looking at it from a historical point of view, Juventus missed the best opportunity that they're ever going to get to to win uh, a first European trophy in, in well, it's approaching 30 years now, 1996 and 97 season uh, when they won the Super, it's European, UEFA Super Cup. In 96, they won the Champions League. You know, approaching 30 years since they won a European trophy. Uh, and I think it's just a huge missed opportunity because it's, it's a, you know, this is an average Sevilla team at best. They're mid-table in La Liga. They're not a good team. They really are not a good team. And even Juventus playing the way they did created so many chances in this game. Um, so, yeah, from looking specifically at this game, very, very frustrating. But looking in terms of Allegri's future and looking into the future of, of Juve, um, the exit should mean... If there was ever any doubt now, if there were ever any competent people in charge of Juventus, it should mean the end of, of Allegri because, you know, he he has been a uh, he's just been an unmitigated disaster in every possible way these two years, and 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 you know this is why, you know, I was against his appointment, uh, and it's why I've said since day one that his his, his football is outdated and it, it's, it can't succeed with his football uh, at, at this level, uh, and Juventus have thrown away two years with Allegri. Uh, while paying him an ast- astronomical salary, 36 million net over four years. And he is now, Juventus just, you know, it's, it's too late now, but they need to they need to just realise that he's a sunk cost now. And those who still somehow are so brainwashed into saying, oh, but it costs too much to sack him, they just have to accept that that money is gone now. It's gone. It's a sunk cost in, in economic terms. And they can only lose more. By, by keeping him, except that money is lost, hire someone someone else to build him. And as we're going to discuss in a minute, Juventus, they're not going to be in the Champions League next season because they're going to get a points penalty. Uh, they probably won't even be in Europe next season because because um, UEFA, Sheffield are probably going to ban them from Europe. So so next season should be used, and, and these two seasons that are still left in Allegri's contract, should be used for, for building, for building. They've actually got, they need to try and use if there's any positive, try and use this opportunity of all this, the horror that's going to come in the next days to try and build in the next year, two years. Uh, don't, you know, having someone like Allegri who who is not, you know, a builder, he's someone who wants to win straight away, is, you know, it, it should be obvious now. But the frustrating thing is, is that my understanding is speaking to those people that I know at Juventus is that Juventus still have the full trust in Allegri, um, the people that are at Juventus now. Juntali, if he comes in, um, as sporting director, doesn't believe that Allegri is right, but we don't know whether, even if he does come in, whether he'll have the power to remove Allegri. Uh, and final, the final point I want to make is um, we saw again with the Chesney versus Allegri argument, which is really embarrassing, I think, public argument. I thought Allegri's response to what Chesney's just honest opinion at the end of the game, where he was Chesney was praised by a journalist for for his performance because he made two fantastic saves in that Sevilla game. One of them was an absolute world-class miracle in that game when he kind of, from uh, the first half, from a campus's header where he kind of dragged it from behind the line. It was an amazing save. 
Uh, and the journalist said, oh, you know, you must be happy with your performance. And Chesney just said, really quite harmlessly, actually. No, that, well, that's a, that's not, if, if uh, come on. He said that if I'm making a lot of saves, it's because the team isn't playing well. Well, that, I think that's pretty fair, isn't it? <laughs> pretty harmless, is it not? Why is that? Why is that? Why is why is that a slight on Allegri? I that mean, is a slight on his teammates. His 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 his. Uh, what he said, Chesney, coach, What he, he says, Chesney, is if I'm making a lot of saves, that's not a good thing because that means the team hasn't played well. Which, which is, is which I've is just, never which is obvious. look. No, 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 no. It's not obvious. You don't talk like that. He did that on purpose to 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 throw shade on Allegri, and Allegri responded accordingly. Can you imagine if well, if, well we got, if Mike Mignon and Onana and anyone else had said that? Well, regardless, it, you know what? It doesn't even matter. It, it matters. doesn't even matter who is to blame. What matters is that this is just another example of of what you know what I said. You know what I said back in in well September October that the dressing room is not with uh, Allegri uh, and you know the, the, here that's, is another that's another discussion and this that's is fair here enough. is another figure you know that that's, that's that clearly there's it there's problems there I and mean, Allegri said he doesn't speak uh, doesn't speak uh, Italian. That made Italian. me laugh. So. I mean, maybe he didn't. Sp- maybe he because he's not a native Italian speaker. He he, mis- yeah. he, mis- he misspoke. I love Allegri. I love him. Oh my god, he made me laugh so much when I read that. It's <laughs> just. Oh my god. Look, Every I think. Single- yeah, I on, think it's a shame that Juve didn't reach the final of the Europa League because I was really looking forward to an all-Italian final. And I think Juve were a little bit unlucky. Um, uh, and I think they should, you know, they probably should have had a penalty as well uh, in the first leg, especially. Um, it's it, it is what it is. It's not been Juventus season um, at all. But I think they overall they should have. I'm I'm disappointed that they didn't go through. I expected them to go through, and I think they had every chance to go through. And I, I do. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in Allegri not being able to maneuver this properly. That that I'm with you on. I I, I firmly believe that someone with Allegri's experience, someone with with Allegri's expertise, should have been able to handle the situation better uh, than he did in the in-game management. Uh, me speaking, meaning, meaning, and I, and I'm disappointed. I think this is a champion. This is a um, European League final butate for no reason. You know, yeah. And, and I, and I mean, when you think that when you think that Manchester United went out, uh, Arsenal, yeah, exactly. Arsenal went out, Arsenal Barcelona went out. Went Barcelona out. Went I mean, the three out. best teams, the three yeah. the three strongest teams in the competition, yeah. uh, went out, and 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 this know. is you know, and the fact that Lamela and Souza are the ones who I know, uh, I know, it's just you know, I know it's two rejects <laughs> from Roma. <laughs> well, not from Roma, but but yeah, from, from one yeah. one Tottenham flop and one Milan flop. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, that, that's not a good look. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. Lamela scored a header. When has Lamela ever scored headers? <laughs> like, no, I was, what? I was disappointed in Allegri. I got, I got to be honest. I was disappointed that he didn't handle this better. I mean, they did. Listen, don't get me wrong. Juventus created so many huge chances. Yeah. The issue is, though, I think it. The point is the mentality thing. Like Juventus had those five huge chances, but I mean, if Juventus had scored one of the first chances in the first half to go one 0 up, you know, it's the same. You know, we we probably couldn't expect Juventus's mentality to be the same as when they went one 0 up in the second half. That they would then. The mentality shifts to try and hold on. Not that they, they were super attacking, but you know, it, before that, but you know, they, they, you just, you saw it was so noticeable. They took steps back to, to just to try and hold on to the lead, and that was a micro. That's just a microcosm of this outdated style of thinking and attitude and, and football that Allegri that I've been crying about for two years, and it's and it's cost them uh, in in this game. And uh, you know, people can look at the overall number of chances. The point is that they had those chances, all those chances before that they scored. And then, you know, then it was too late. They, Sevilla turned it around and, and yeah, they, 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 
I mean, I mean, Chiesa, Chiesa was terrible in in this game, and it and it's sad. It was sad actually. It was really sad watching Chiesa. Both both goals. Uh, the first goal he gave the ball away. The second goal he missed a, a chance, and Sevilla went straight up the other end and scored. Then he missed a big chance to equalise as well. It's actually very very sad to see what's happened to Chiesa. Uh, under under Allegri, and no, then look, that's another I reason. There's another reason to, to get rid of Allegri. Because, no, no, because the, the Juve need to. Juve have important decisions to make, and I, I, I I'm just exp- expressing my feeling here, uh, which leads us nicely into the next. Um... Are you Allegri out though? I want to get an answer from you. Now. No, absolutely not. <laughs> of course you're uh, not. No, because I think it, I think it's I think he's done. Of course you're not. You want four trophy seasons? No, Look, I want. Look, I've told you what I want. I want Roberto De Zerbi to come and spectacularly blow up in your face, like that, that. That's what I want. If you ask me what I want, I want Roberto De Zerbi now at Juve, and I want to watch him completely spectacularly fail in front of your face because I know he will. He's not ready today to do it. Maybe in three, four, five years time. Because Allegri's definitely ready, isn't he? With his yeah, yeah. I mean, look at what he's had to deal breaking with. Breaking record after record in two yeah. years. Well, for Juventus, yeah, but he, he, he look, he is still a semi-final is in the in, in in a European competition is not is not a disaster. He's gotten you know he got you to a final in the Coppa Italia last year. He's a semi-final oh. this year. He would have oh. probably gone through to the final of the Coppa Italia if Bremer hadn't done what he'd done. I think Juventus win that tie. Um, if you look at the Serie A as well, Juventus are. On points, going I'm drowning them in all these achievements and this, this success. Don't no, start, but please. you need to, yeah, but this is the thing you need to send me a, send me a life jacket. No, but no, but I'm not this cacophon like this, this ridiculous, this entitlement that Juve should win every year, and if they don't, it's like you know, the, the, the that's like the natural order of things. It's not like that. You, you know, you're at the end of a very successful historic cycle. Allegri's been brought in to try to go back to. What so is Allegri right for the build? Even if you keep Allegri, is he right then for for build for the rebuilding of Juve with players? I don't like know Yeza, what's going to happen. Like Allegri, like you know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, but Yeza, listen, like yeah, but listen, this is this is the job of the sporting director, of which you have none. You need mm. to first sort out sort that out, and then sit down and see is this relationship able to be mended? If not, you get no. Rid I'm of the not talking about relationships. I'm talking about their actual getting them to play well and improving them. And I think them to- I think Allegri can do that. Of course it can. I mean, if we just talk, if we disregard all the nonsense on the pitch and all the personal relationships and just talk, do I think Max Allegri can tactically get Juventus to start competing for the Scudetto, start playing fo- football uh, like he did before and win titles? Yes, I do. Of course I think that. Of course I think mm-hmm. that. Okay. But, the, but I think there are many other factors involved here. I mean, how deteriorated is that relationship between him and Vlaovic, him and Chiesa, him and all these other guys? That, that, that's and will the next sporting director, when he when he or she steps in, are they able to handle that? You know, the, the, these are these are really really serious questions that you will need to answer. Okay. That's not something I can answer. There's that's... no change in the, an Allegri disciple, so I give oh, up. Oh, I give up. You, as, if, as if, as if you, I could say the same to you. It doesn't matter what Allegri does. You'd literally find a way to to to, to criticize him. It doesn't matter what he does. You're always going to criticize him, aren't you? I mean, it's it is well. I'm good. Of course, I'm going to criticize him if he's been there for two years. He's won nothing in two years, which is you haven't been good enough to historical win. record. You've been good enough years. to win. Juventus aren't good enough to win these two last years. It's as simple as that. I'm sorry, but that's just something you're going to have to accept. Juve are not good enough to win in 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 the Serie A these last two years. They just so weren't. They have they have an attack of of Chiesa, Di Maria, and and Vlaovic and all the other. Chiesa was injured for half of, for for the for most part of these two years. Paul Pogba was has been has been more injured I love, than. I love the excuses. Let's, what let's, excuse? It's let's a fact. Move on. I love. Let's move it's on. It's a fact. It's excuse after excuse. Oh with, yeah. With the okay. disciples. I mean, <laughs> 
I mean, I, I really don't. So it's Allegri's you, fault that Paul Pogba is finished, uh, physically finished. It's, and it's Allegri's fault that Juventus have won nothing for two years, which is mm. the only Juventus manager in 35 years to do that. So, mm. I mean, that no, says it all. That's, that's, no, his, no, no, it that's a historic record, Nima. Yeah. That's a historic yeah. record. Two years with no trophies. Two oh, years. my God. Oh, no, no trophies for two years. Yeah, ah! 35 years. This is, this is Juventus, Nima. This yeah, is, this exactly. Is, this is Juventus. And this is Juventus, not Tottenham. Yeah, well, Juventus, not, you not can't Tottenham. compare it to Tottenham with Juve. Milan and exactly. Inter are not. Milan and Inter aren't Tottenham either, and they went trophyless for a decade as well because they had bad organisation and not squads not good enough. Juventus are just going to have to realise that they don't. They, 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 they have no inherent divine right to trophies in Italy. You're just going to have to accept that. It's just mm. you're gonna have to. Compete it's not just like about trophies, else. though, is it, Nima? It's, it's about. You're so talking many about thirty-five. So you're different. literally it's, talking about trophies for two. two, two I know, minutes. but it's not just about trophies. It's about the fact that Juventus have not improved at all. It's about the, think, the, the players not improving at all. You know, it's about the, Vlaovic, Chiesa, so many other players that have, have been, who've been injured. I mean, what do you want him to do with Chiesa having an ACL? Like, is that is that Allegri's fault now? I mean, what, no, he's been back for six. He's been back for six months, and his and his entire. His well, entire, you were giving him praise, like I was, that he's good at bringing players back slowly but surely. Back in January, yes, but we're now in May. Yeah, uh, you know, I th- uh, look, I, th- I think it's the right decision. I, I'm, as someone who loves the Italian national team, I don't want Chiesa rushed back. I really don't. I I don't want another situation with Zaniolo. You know, I I think it's it's uh, like Zaniolo. I'm happy that he didn't rush him back. You know, give the guy a full preseason, and then next season he, that's when he has to start delivering. Uh, mm. Let's move on anyway. Um, uh, let's let's give a little of an update on Juventus' legal situation. So yes. first of all, the salary maneuvers yeah. case. Can you that's just the tell one us where, where we've got are? the most to say. Um, I, I think we should start with the plus Valenza case. No, first. no. I let's leave the plus Valenza. No, no, because because that's the one that today is we've got actual. You know, as we're recording this, there's been uh, proceedings in the Court of Appeals where Kine, the prosecutor, has asked for an 11 point deduction um, for Juventus. Uh, we'll see what the actual is that actually official? Has that actually been no, confirmed? No, no, that's not the verdict. I'm yeah, just but has that been was... confirmed officially that that's what he's asked for? Yes, that's what he's asked for. Today okay. we learned this. That's what he's asked for, uh, and that we will find we will find we will find out soon what the actual verdict is. I don't know if it's going to be today. We're recording this on Monday the twenty second. By the way, happy tripleta day, all interisti. Um, and it's uh, going to be uh, whether or not it comes today or when it comes. Uh, but it should come over the next few days. But that's what he's asked for. Kine has asked for in the proceedings, because let's remember, the uh, Collegio di Garanzia sent the proceedings back to the Court of Appeals. Uh, they also you know, held that there was a uh, Article 4 violation, and with all the other stuff that we've discussed in previous pods, I don't want to go into that because we'll be here forever. But the, he's asked for 11 points deduction. We'll see what actually happens. Can that be more? Can that can that still be potentially more than eleven points? When when it the when... courts can do what they want. I just don't mm. think they will. Um, I, I find that very very unlikely. Okay. Uh, mm. I think. I mean. I, I still can't. You know. I still. Think I don't want to say too much now. I want to. I want to discuss this tomorrow in our in our um, in, in our Q and A episode. We want to talk about this once we know the results. Yeah, um, it's easier uh, to talk about it then. You know, I want to and talk sure about it then. That the only thing I would say now is I spoke to some people at Juventus yesterday, uh, and they they said that they were expecting it to be twelve because they expect it to be an afflictive uh, punishment um, in which the intention all along was to 
ban Juventus, get, but deduct enough points from Juventus so they can't qualify for the Champions League. Uh, I mean, that's been confirmed pretty much by everyone. Mm. So, you know, let's wait and see what it is and let's see if, if the well, Champions League... Was if, there any, it, in this, during this conversation, was there any self-reflection of assuming responsibility for what Juventus actually did? Because that's also part of it. It's not like somebody just invented this. They did these things. There have been found Article 4 violations because of the things Paratici, Agnelli and the others did. Well, listen, I've, I've, I've made my position clear. I, I, you know, the salary manoeuvres case, which we're talking about, I, mm. I, before I believe the book should be thrown at Juventus. I've been and it clear. will be. I think the Plus Valenta case is a farce. I don't think there should even be a single points penalty. That's my position. I've made that clear from day one. Mm. I think it's a total farce. I think the salary manoeuvres case, they should have the book thrown at them and some. I think it's mm. se- very serious, whatever. This case, I think, is a complete farce from step one, and I think this whole, this whole, ca- this whole case has been a charade from day one. If they were going to ban Juventus from the Champions League, just ban them. Don't go through this whole charade of they have twelve to. points, then fifteen points, then it's brought back, then it's then it could be less. Then they're going to now that they now that Milan have lost more points, they're going to give more, so that Juventus are definitely going to be out because it has to be afflictive. Just ban them from day one, and so everybody knows. Don't have this. I agree. This charade I agree. And a kangaroo court I, I it's, agree. It's I agree that this has not been handled well in the sense that the way that they were so quick to give those fifteen points back, and they actually were. They, they received a little you know, slap on the fingers, a slap on the wrist by the Colegio di Garantia when they deferred this back to the Court of Appeals when they said that that decision of 15 points lacked justification or clarity. That, I think, was a bit silly of them to do. I think they should have been a little bit calmer. They should have handled this a little bit better. And had they done so, we wouldn't be here. They would, that, that punishment would have already been there. And the reason for that punish, punishment, and then it would have been appealed and the Colegio de Garantia would have done what it did. And that means they would have found an Article 4 violation. And the reason they found an Article 4 violation is because of the uh, Prisma investigation and everything, not just the phone calls, everything the documentation, the phone calls, everything put together, which showed that there was an intent to deceive. And that's just how the sports law in Italy works. So, that, that, that's what that is. As for the Plus Valenza case, uh, sorry, as for what, as for the salary manoeuvre case. Before, just before you explain the situation salary manoeuvres case, just this is important there because a lot of people have been asking me to, for you to answer this. What? And I know you don't have the answer, but can you just, just explain what? it anyway? What, what? You don't know. <laughs> what can do you they, mean? Can they appeal? Can they appeal? Okay. Can you I have, appeal? I have not found a conclusive answer to that. So I don't want to answer something because I've, I've seen people with who should legal experts say that they can and they can't both sides i've seen that so i want to wait until the actual verdict from the court of appeals is is arrives and we know what we're dealing with here once it would it's go black to cats right it would go to cats i don't I, it could i think it first has to go to tar or it could even go to i'm not entirely sure on the procedure here so i don't want to say anything i want to first see black on white what the verdict is and once we have that black on white what they've concluded and on what grounds then we will know if juventus can appeal where they can appeal if it's a if it's a uh, if it's an appeal on a, on a on a question of law or on a question of procedure, meaning again, once again, was the defend was the rights of the defendant violated and not respected, and not uh, as opposed to the actual legal merits of the case, um, all of that remains to be seen. I've seen legal experts say both things, so I'm not entirely sure, and so I don't want to s- 
spread any nonsense about this. I'm just saying, let's wait. Let's see what happens. Let's see black on white, what they get for the Plus Valenza case. And once we know that, what the actual reasoning, legal reasoning behind this well, is... Well, they give the legal reasoning straight we, away, because in Italy, sometimes they don't, do they? They, give um, the, they have the, to. I think in this case, they will. But again, they have to, they have to produce that, because Juventus have to, you know, as defendants, they have to decide what to do, you know. Um, so there will be there will be something produced soon. Mm. I don't okay. know if it's gonna. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be at the same time or not. But like you said, I mean, it depends. Yeah. Okay. Salary but, maneuvers case very right. quickly because we're going way the over. The <laughs> salary maneuvers case. What happened? I think three days ago was that the um, there was the 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 FIGC prosecutor Kinnear said believes that there has been a f- Article Four Point One violation. Um, and that this will go within the th- within thirty days, meaning starting three days ago, there will be a new legal uh, legal legal process. Meaning there will be there will be a court case, um, which will be about the the the, the salary maneuver, of fictitious compensations for agents, as well as uh, partnerships with other clubs. Um, in order to create uh, this situation. Now, what that means is that Juventus has been, you know, are being prosecuted for direct and objective responsibility in a legal sense, whilst Agnelli, Nedved, Paratici, Cherubini, Manna, Morganti, Braguin have all been, uh, been, um, are being prosecuted for under, you know, violating Article 4 and Lealta Sportiva. Uh, which we've spoken about as well on this podcast, meaning that you know it's you, you're not you know you have to present yourself in an honest way. You're not allowed to deceive the system. Now, the first the, the, there's a couple of things. It's it, one of them is the first salary maneuver, and it's for the 2019-2020 season, um, where it says that where they where they where this where the Prisma investigation showed that 21 players and Sarri gave up four months of wages only they didn't they didn't do that um they 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 received three months payment of those four they didn't give up four months but the the thing that they handed in um was that the the players in Saudi had give up four months only that they had they 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 agreed that they were going to receive three of those four months so they only gave up for one month the second maneuver uh, is for the following season, meaning for the 2021 season. Uh, it's a similar violation. However, it was a, it was for 17 players, um, and similar thing there that they had given up m- more months of payments, but they hadn't because there were secret contracts in place. Now, there's also been some. There, there's also another part here which talks about fictitious compensations to agents. Um, um, between 2015 and 2022, where they paid sp- agents uh, for deals that never took place. Um, um, yeah, and then you have, you know, and, and then it, it's small stuff like th- other things like that. But basically, the most important thing is, and, the, you know, from what I've understood, it's that this will be for next season, that whatever punishment they receive will be for next season. Mm. Which suggests to me that Juventus won't be relegated. Mm. At least means... not at least not for next season. 
It also means three trophyless seasons. <laughs> Let's keep Allegri. I want Allegri to stay. <laughs> You're talking about trophies when you were risking playing in Serie B against uh, Catanzaro and Cosenza and, you know, I don't know, Perugia. And, and oh, I might win a trophy there then, maybe. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Allegri can then say he won it. Yeah. yeah. No, so, so that, uh, that I, think, suggests, I think it was clear yeah. because the plea bargain, they were trying, they were close to, they were close to agreeing a plea bargain as well, which, which also suggested it probably wasn't going to be relegation. Uh, as well no 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 it's it's clear to me that they don't want to do that uh they they will give you a, a hefty minus points for next season that's what this suggests to me you know reading this do we know how much or too <sighs> early to say too early to say we haven't even begun the legal case yet we haven't even begun we're not even in that's court next yet. month right june uh, june june yeah it, that, it has to gonna... be finished by and it has to be finished by the end of june is that yeah. correct yeah and why does it have to be end, why does it have to be finished by the end of june well, next season needs to be planned, doesn't it? I mean, we by the end of by June thirtieth, this court this court case needs to be finished, right. and they, you know, every and you could know. Juventus appeal it after that? They could. Oh, they? let's wait until. <laughs> please, please, calma, calma. Okay, <laughs> this is right. Italy. This is Italy. Okay, I've had enough of Italian sports law. Don't want to hear about <laughs> no, it. No, but again. listen, listen. Um, the thing that this is, the thing that I find. The thing, I mean, to me, this is the most Italian way of handling a scandal ever. And what I mean by that is Juventus have messed things up royally. They have effed things up royally. And they have left the paper trail. And all, and, 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 and Paratici is the dumbest criminal who has ever existed, I think, in Italian sports law history. So what they've dumbest done is... sports director as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, but that's another debate. <laughs> so what he's done is, what essentially they're saying, look, we can't get the crap back into the horse. We don't want to throw you out of the Serie A. That would hurt Italian football even more. So what we're going to do is we're going to prevent you from reaching European football because that way we don't lose uh, a spot in the Champions League because we actually can have five teams in the Champions League and we really want the Serie A to have five teams in the Champions League. So we're going to make sure that you don't reach the Champions League for all the stupid stuff you've done. We're not going to throw you out of the Serie A, but you're going to have to start next season with minus points because of the nonsense you've done. The players will also receive bans. The people involved will receive bans and fines. And you know this way, UEFA can't. Will the players? Will the players um, receive bans, though? Because you there's are, a lot of are, Juventus. There are, are a lot of Juventus. There you are, are a lot of Juventus players. You are personally responsible. You are personally responsible for your taxes being paid on time mm. and paid in a correct. Well, that's manner. a lot of Juventus players, then, isn't it? Well, it is, but we'll have to wait and see what mm. those players, what, what 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 they receive as well. I've not found anything. Mm. What's going to happen to them? But yeah, it's it's a, it's not. You know, this isn't. This applies to everybody. If you are responsible for your, I think Ronaldo and Dybala might be separate from that though, because I think they had separate agreements. Maybe they played. I don't know if they've got the information on that. I don't know, know. but we'll have to wait and see. But as far as Juventus are concerned, I mean, I just know that the players look. You, you maybe they plea bargained into themselves into a fine. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But the question, I think, the Chiellini's that, the one of the most at risk out of the players. Well, Chiellini, he's not playing anymore. So, <laughs> what are they yeah. going to do? It's like when they gave Zidane a ban after headbutting Materazzi when that was his last game as a player. It's like, oh wow, what he's still a playing in MLS, they know, isn't he, Chiellini? Is he yeah, retired? Yeah, I know. But I mean, isn't, isn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he retire? Like, isn't that like pretty much what he's going to do? I'm not I mean, even sure. He'll just retire, yeah. and they can't do anything to him. But regardless. Um, it's, it's, right, it's point. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like after they gave Zidane a penalty for, uh, you know, after headbutting Zidane Materazzi in the World Cup final, and he'd retired. That was his last game. But regardless, my point is simply this: that it's this is the most Italian way of handling it. You know, 
Okie doke, the Italian okie doke. You messed up. You look, you know, you hand in. You oh, hand it's, your it's, head it's, in it's, it's, it's been a shambles from day one. It I don't really think has. it's a shambles. I think it's, 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 they're, they're trying to. I think Miguel Cuscicella calls it sport, Italian sport or a cancer. That's what he called it. And mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, it's just. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, but they could have handled it better. They should, you know, the fact that you take points, add them back, then take them back again, that's not a good look. That's, that's just not a good look. But no, I've got to no, say, but I've got to say, but I've got to say, I'm sorry. At least Italian sports law punishes people for violating their rules. <laughs> Unlike some, 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 fina- some uh, sports oh, jurisdictions. Worry, Nima. Nima, no, 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 no. Unless don't some worry. sporting jurisdictions I could mention, of which you, res- the country of which you reside in, where clubs can for nine years commit 115 bre- alleged breaches and nothing happens. Nothing happens. So you know, you know, people talk about Italy being a banana republic. Then what is England then in that case? What is the United Kingdom in that case? And what's happening with Manchester City? It's an mm. uh, please, please, just you know, yeah. let's everything is relative. Yeah. So mm. you know, the tell Chefford, tell Chefford in that as well when, yeah, when, he, when he bans when he bans Juventus. Uh, tell tell Chefford in that. Well, they, um, they, at least UEFA litig UEFA actually litigated the Man City, but what happened was that most of those instances were time barred. They brought they were brought forward too late for them to be punished under. And because uh, I mean, you at the CAS level at the court, the court of arbitration of sport. Uh, so you know that. <laughs> well, you never know, Nima. Even if Inter lose the Champions League final, once this case in about thirty years, yeah, um, thirty-five years, about yeah. thirty-five years, when they finally get found guilty for this, uh, Manchester City, maybe they'll hand into the title. Absolute joke. No, yeah. it's 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 bizarre. No, and, and that's what I want to. That's what I want to tell to say to everyone who makes fun of Italy. That at least Italy's aware of how dysfunctional it is. It's mm. better to be open and honest. And this is about, why I wear. Let that me fin- let me just finish. It's, be- it's better to be open and dis- open and honest about how dysfunctional you are as opposed to pretend that your shit doesn't stink and think you're su- you're you're superior to everyone else morally and legally and every other uh, way possible and in fact you're the most corrupt so yeah, you know pipe you down please. under the carpet pipe well. down please mm. you know pipe no, 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 down. and this is why i went berserk a few months ago when when the juventus thing happened because you know this is the city stuff is is, is, is unbelievable but anyway we'll have plenty of time to, to remind mm. everyone about that in the next mm. uh Two and a half weeks, I'm sure you will. You're doing it every <laughs> single day on Twitter and freaking everyone. I think um, it's so funny. I've, I think I've, 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 the entire village or city of Stockport, I think I'm persona non grata there, and, and that really hurts my feelings. Because... I liked your tweet where you said, oh, I've, I've offended all of Manchester City's seven fans from no, Stockport. No, nine. And nine, nine fans. Oh, sorry, nine, yeah. Nine, nine fans. And, and, three and the legged... three-legged dog that one of them yeah. owns. Uh, you know, <laughs> pray, uh, pray for that three-legged dog. Yeah. Hashtag pray for the three. Okay, dog. right, Nimmo. Let's just let's just round this up and finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone way way over. So yeah. relegation uh, race. Um, oh my god! Let me just, Did let you me just see read... Lecce Spezia? Of course you watched Lecce Spezia. It was absolutely. It was, <laughs> if it was if there was ever a game that was fixed, it was Lecce versus Spezia. Oh stop! It was so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How I, was I that fixed? Care. This was the most fixed game ever. How? Because because the point benefits both of them. It, it means that they're both in control of their destiny. Uh, they're they're above above Verona, <laughs> and they now they can both stay up. They knew Verona had lost. There was no chances in the entire game. What are you talking nothing. about? They were both going for it. Albin Ekdal was missed, missed the chance to. No, it was not fit. This was not. Bad. This was not Austria. This was not a West Germany Austria from '82 World Cup. They really tried to go after it, no. and they both tried to win this game. It was it was a complete shit show. The football was awful. There was lots of drama, lots of angry people, lots of angry Italians doing lots of angry Italian gestures. I absolutely loved it, and. This, you know, and, Do you want me to I read? Think... Let me read out the XG in this game. 0.2 yeah. for Lecce, 0.41 for Spezia. 
Yeah, but I, <laughs> I watched was, the this game. This was the most blatant. I watched it as well. It was the most blatant fix ever. I mean, because they, both... they were they were two teams involved in a scrap, and and they wanted yeah. to 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 do um to do to 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 not avoid. I mean, th- anyway, is... Verona Verona lost to Atalanta three one. Cremonese yeah. are relegated after they lost to five one. So we're now one relegation spot between three teams. Verona on thirty points. Spezia on thirty one. Lecce on thirty three. The remaining games for mm. both teams is uh, Verona play Empoli. At home, at home this weekend. Spezia play Torino at home and Lecce play Monza away. And then in the final game of the season, Lecce play Bologna at home. Um, Verona play Milan away. Oof. And who's the other one? Uh, Spezia. Spezia, Spezia play, play Roma, Roma away. Roma away. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I that, that's, you know, if you're talking about biscotti, I think there's going to be, you could open up a cake shop. In yeah. The, <laughs> I, think, I think so. Yeah. I think, I, I, think, I, think, I think, I think you should give all these teams a ring. We've got competition. We get competition. <laughs> I was say, the amount of biscotti going around <laughs> yeah. in these last few games is going to be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. No, but all things considered, it's going to be an absolute nail biter until the, until the death. And I, I think that, I honestly think that, um, I, I think Verona are going down. I think Spezia just did enough to, to survive mm. because it's Torino, looking that way. Yeah, it's looking that way. Yeah, and it's yeah. We'll discuss, let's discuss this. Let's discuss this on Thursday. Yeah, we can do yeah. it. We'll do a little preview and we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yes, we do. We will. We absolutely. Yeah. All will. right. Rest of the games were Sassuolo one, Monza two, Cremonese one, Bologna five. As I said, Atalanta three, Verona one, Lecce nil, Spezia nil. <coughs> fix uh, Torino one, <laughs> Fiorentina one, uh, and then we have Roma, Salernitana, and Empoli, Juventus playing uh, this evening. Um, let's just finish off with Bad Joe and Prem Face of the Week. Okay, right, Bad Joe. Um, I've got two. First of From, all, Serie, Serie A teams in Europe, of yeah. course. Fantastic. Di Lorenzo. Di Lorenzo for me. You what got Di Lorenzo. I, I want to give a shout out to Italy under 20s. They yes. started off their under 20 World Cup uh, um, tournament uh, on Sunday evening. They played against Brazil, who are the champions of South America. Got, got, some, got some really fantastic players, Brazil. Uh, and they beat them 3-2. And I watched the game. They were, they were fantastic uh, up until the 3-0. Brazil set up a set up a tense finish with uh, with a couple of goals. But um, they were there. They were really, really good. I mean, Baldanzi and Pafundi. Wow. Amazing. Baldanzi two, was two, unbelievable. Two, two incredible players. I mean, Pafundi's only 17. He only just turned 17. Oh, such, such great talents. Dribblers, left-footed. Pafundi, what a great dribbler he is. So nippy. Um, you can see why Mancini really wants to try and bring him to the squad and, 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 and nurture him because he's a real special talent. And, and, uh, but also shout out to Cassidy, the, the inter ex inter youngster at, at Chelsea. What a, what a big powerful lad in midfield. He scored two goals and, uh, he was really, really good as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic start for Italy. Um, they look, they look good. I think they can, I think they can do well in this tournament from what I've seen. It's only one game, but I, th- I think, um, yeah, they look like they can, they can, they can challenge in this tournament. For sure, with I mean with Baldanzi and Pafundi and Casade in centre midfield, I think yeah those three players they they're going to be as good as as most players in this tournament. So yeah, very very promising. Prem face Nima, I know you, who you're going to go after. Javier Tebas is not even a prem face; he's just an absolute disgrace. That's mm. all I've got to say. He's not a. Prem I was going to say I was going to say Tebas. I thought you were going to go for Neville, but yeah, Tebas. Uh, yeah, Tebas's comments on. Vinicius I want to puke. I want to yeah. vomit. I literally it's, want to vomit when I when I. I, saw I was saying to my some of my colleagues this morning. I was saying I, I thought Italy had a problem with racism. Well, Spain. I mean, Spain just take it 
Spain, Spain just take it to a completely another Can level. Can you imagine how incredibly entitled and narcissistic and full of yourself you can be after a season when Vinicius Jr. week in, week out is being suffering racist abuse week in, week out, and he's angry because he's fed up of it. He's crying because he's... Be- I mean... And, and he goes on Twitter and criticizes this league for not doing enough, which they aren't doing... And he has the audacity in brass neck to quote tweet Vinicius Jr. And this is what he says. Now, I may have to pause because I might want to prevent myself from vomiting in my own mouth from disgust. This is what he says. We've tried to explain to you what La Liga is and what it can do in cases of racism. But you have not shown up to either of the two agreed dates that you yourself requested. Before criticizing and insulting La Liga, you need to inform yourself properly, Vinicius. Don't you let yourself be manipulated and make sure you understand the work we have been doing together. Yes, Tebas is the victim here, not Vinicius. Yeah, I find that hilarious. Vinicius getting blamed, basically, for the for the racism and basically being told because he didn't turn up to a meeting. <laughs> that's, why, that's why. I mean, it's, it's just shocking. It's, it's disgusting. He also recognises himself, Tebas, that he's been racially abused seriously eight times this season, Vinicius. It's, it's more than that, actually. But these are the, the, the well-documented cases where... It, I mean, it was. I mean, it seemed like, from what I've seen, it seemed like it was virtually the entire Valencia support that were, that were racially abusing him. <laughs> I mean, insane. I love what I love what Vinicius replied to him. He says, once again, instead of criticizing the racists, the president of La Liga takes to social media to attack me. No matter how much you talk and pretend not to read, it shows your comp- it shows your competition in a bad light. Look at the responses to your own posts and surprise yourself. And ignoring it only makes you the same as the racists. I am not your friend when it comes to racism. I want action and punishment. The hashtag doesn't quite do it for me. It's just, mm. how no. dare you? And then and then he continues. Now he doubled down, tripled down. He says, Tebas says, neither Spain nor La Liga are racist. It is very unfair to say that. At La Liga, we do everything we possibly can to report and tackle racism. This season, there have been nine reports of racist insults, eight of them directed at Vinicius. We always identify the culprits and find a complaint with the disciplinary bodies. It doesn't matter if they are just a few. We are relentless. We cannot allow the image of a competition that is, above all, a symbol of unity among all people to be tarnished. More than 200 black players at 42 clubs are shown respect and affection from the fans on every match day and racism is extremely rare nine cases and something that we are going to eradicate i mean is he real Hmm. (sighs) i genuinely want to puke This, this man makes me sick to my stomach he needs to resign there is no there is no there is he has no credibility anymore no no but i mean None of them do, do they? Right. Uh, Gary Neville's going to have to wait till next week, Nimmer. Um, no, he's, way he's, over. Just a, he's just the in-house prem face. I mean, yeah, he's just the in-house <laughs> prem face. No Gary Neville this week. Um, right. Let's leave it at that then. Um, we will be back on Thursday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday for the Q&A. Uh, and then Thursday for review, uh, midweek review, and obviously Coppa Italia final uh, preview and, and review and preview of the, of the weekend action. So, um, yeah. 
plenty to talk about. Don't forget, Tuesday we will we will do um, a, a reflection on the Juventus points penalty. So definitely worth tuning in just just for that because that's going to be very very uh, important. Uh, yeah, and it's Juventus always, as always, and, everything is available for patrons on patreon.com slash TIFP. And this has been our best month ever. So thank you to everyone who signed up. We really appreciate all of you. We love what the community that this has become. Uh, all of you on Spotify, on Patreon, everywhere. We, we, we are so humbled and grateful to all of you. Yeah, we are. Okay, right. Let's leave it at that. Uh, we will see you on Tuesday. Until then, ciao, ciao.